everybody. Welcome to the Home Recording Made Easy.com podcast. My name is David Vignola. This is episode 10. Thank you so much for joining me. This week, we're going to answer the question in the mailbag at the front of the show. We're going to talk about why your mix doesn't sound the same in different listening environments. You mix it in your studio. It sounds great in your studio. You bring it out to the car or to another listening environment. It just doesn't sound the same. Why is that? Well, we call that mix translation. Your mix doesn't translate. Why doesn't it translate? We're going to talk about that in this episode. So make sure you stay tuned till the end of the podcast. Where I'm going to give you a couple of free gifts. So now get a pad, get a pen, take some notes. Why doesn't your mix sound the same outside your studio? Great question. We're going to answer it right here on the Home Recording Made Easy.com podcast. Okay, everybody, welcome back again. This is episode 10. Thank you so much for joining me. So this week's topic is why doesn't your mix sound the same outside of your studio? So again, what does that mean? So we're talking about your mix doesn't translate. So let me start by telling you or defining what does mix translate mean? What it means is kind of what I alluded to a few seconds ago. You're mixing in your studio, you have your mixing environment, you're listening on your studio monitors in your studio, you got the thing sounding great, it sounds perfect, you worked on it for two or three days, it sounds amazing, and it probably does. Then you burn it down to a CD or you put it on a thumb drive or you email it to yourself on your phone and you go listen to that mix either in your car, in a different sound system in your house, on your earbuds, on your smartphone, however you want to listen to it, and what happens? The mix doesn't sound the same, does it? You don't like the way the mix sounds. You said, boy, it sounded really pumping and kicking, man. A lot of awesome kick drum, awesome bass guitar. And now it doesn't sound the same. Why is that? That has to do with mix translation. Your mix does not translate. What sounds like in your studio is not what it sounds like outside of your studio. And that's a big problem, right? The mix has to sound the same or relatively close to what it sounded like in your studio. You want it to sound good. So that's what mix translate means. So what is the most common problem with this? What causes this the most? Well, first and foremost, most of the time, this has to do with the low end, typically. Okay. Typically you'll get the low end working just the way you want in your studio and you'll go out into your car and it'll sound either way too boomy or it sounds very thin and there's not enough low ends. That's the most common problem. And so it has everything to do with your mixing space and your mixing room, <clears throat> okay? So again, you have your, your spare room you're mixing in and you're wor working on studio monitors. Doesn't matter what kind of monitors you're using. We'll talk about monitors in a few minutes. And the mix doesn't translate. So the very first thing we got to talk about is something that most people don't want to really talk about because it's not fun, it's not cool, it's not sexy, it's not a great shiny piece of gear or a brand new plugin. It's called acoustic treatment. So the reason why your mix doesn't translate is because what you're hearing out of your monitors is not accurate to what's really going on in the mix. That is the number one problem. The mix that you're hearing coming out of those speakers and the judgments that you're making with EQ and compression, mostly EQ, is not accurate. So you think there's not enough low end. The mix sounds really thin in your studio, so you boost up the low end. Then you take your mix out to the car and it's got way too much bass in it. Or the opposite happens. It's way boomy in your studio. And then you take and you, you, you carve out some of the low end, you take some of the low end out of the mix, you bring it in the car and it sounds super thin and brittle. Now this can happen on the high end as well, but it really mostly happens on the low end. Okay, so it's acoustic treatment. So the first thing we want to talk about is, you know, us home studio geeks, us engineers, us mixers, right? 
we get so caught up in gear and plugins and we spend all this money on gear and plugins and fancy computers and controllers and all kinds of cool stuff, right? Yeah, I got a bunch of that stuff too, man. It's cool. And when we're setting up our studio, a lot of people overlook the most important thing. The most important thing next to maybe your computer that we talked about a couple of weeks ago is the acoustic treatment in your mixing environment. In order to make great mixes, you have to be able to hear accurately. And the only way you can hear accurately of what's going on in the mix is to make sure that the room is as accurate as you can make it. And that's where acoustic treatment can help. Okay, so before you go out and buy more plugins, before you go out and buy more hardware, before you go out and buy another computer, before you go out and upgrade your studio monitors, because a lot of people think that the reason why the mix doesn't translate is because they don't have good enough monitors. And although that does play a little bit of a factor, okay, you don't want to have, you know, the bottom you know, uh, you know, the lowest cost monitors you can possibly find. Again, we'll talk about that in a few minutes, but typically the monitors isn't, isn't as much of an issue as the lack of acoustic treatment or proper acoustic treatment. So let's talk about different types of acoustic treatment if you don't know what that is. So there's a few different types to think about. We have bass traps, which are probably the most important. We also have um, the foam that sometimes you'll see that looks like little egg crate foam, little pyramids, little thin one inch thick, usually 12 inches by 12 inches square foam or two feet by two feet square foam. That's for more of the higher frequencies. And then we also have diffusion is another type of acoustic treatment. There's others, but those are the three most common type. Okay, so there's two different ways you can do this. So the first thing you wanna do is you wanna set up your mixing space. You wanna make sure that your mixing space, no matter where you set it up, <clears throat> that you as the mixer are sitting in the center of those two speakers left and right, and those two speakers from the left speaker to your left ear should be the same distance as it is from the right speaker to your right ear. Okay, they call that the uh, the triangle. Sometimes you'll see that online. If you uh, if you Google it, you'll see you want to be you want to sit at the top of that pyramid, the top of that triangle, and the distance between the two speakers left and right. Let's say it's three feet. Okay, then that means that the left speaker should be three feet away from your left ear, and the right speaker should be three feet away from your right ear. You sitting in that perfect triangle is gonna be the sweet spot. <clears throat> that's where you're gonna be the most accurate. The sound's gonna hit your left and right ear at the same time. Okay, that's the first thing you wanna make sure. You wanna try to make sure that your desk or your computer station or your mixing desk is not in the corner if at all possible, that it's on a parallel wall. And you wanna try to bring the monitors away from the front wall Okay, so if you're sitting in front of your speakers, the wall that's directly in front of you, you want to try to get your speakers a foot, 18 inches, two feet away from the wall, if at all possible. Some mixing spaces, you can't do that. You're limited to the space that's available to you. I totally understand that. But again, if you do some Google searches on how to set up your mixing environment, you will see a bunch of different illustrations on how to do it. But if you can get your speakers a foot away from the wall, make sure you're sitting in that perfect uh, peak of the triangle, making sure that the distance from your ears is the same distance as it is from left to right speaker. That's the first step. Once you have that, now we want to talk about adding some acoustic treatment. Now, there's a couple of ways you can do this. You could just go out and purchase acoustic treatment, right? There's many companies that make them. I would suggest that you click the link in the show notes and go out to sweetwater.com and search acoustic treatment. A couple of the companies that I would recommend, Oralex is one. Um, Prime Acoustic is another. And the company that I use, which Sweetwater doesn't carry any longer, 
is a company called Acoustic Mac, M-A-C. They're a company in Florida. I'll try to remember to leave it in the show notes, but you can go out and Google it. Acoustic Mac, M-A-C, like Mac, Macintosh computers. They make custom, affordable acoustic panels, bass traps, and such as well. Okay, now you may say, well, what do I want to buy? How, you know, do I got to buy bass traps? Do I got to buy diffusion? Do I got to buy the foam panels? Well, you probably got to buy a combination of all three. Certainly the bass traps and the acoustic panels. The diffusion, depending on the space, may be not as critical. But what I recommend you do, if you go out to sweetwater.com, again, click the link in the show notes. If you go and look for Oralex's um, products, they have a free room analysis where you can go out to their website. You can fill out some information as a little questionnaire. And they will, for free, analyze your room and give you a recommendation on what kind of acoustic treatment you need and where you need to place it. And Oralex, just like Prime Acoustic, will make these kits, these room kits. So you can have, you can buy a kit, a full kit, save you on some cost, where you'll get some bass traps, some acoustic foam, maybe even some diffusion based on your room analysis. So I highly recommend you do that first, is go out to Oralex.com, or I, Prime Acoustics may do this as well. They may do a free room analysis as well, but I know Oralex does. Go out, get your free room analysis, and get a recommendation of what you ought to purchase. That'll take a lot of the guesswork out of it, and it'll tell you where to place it, okay? Because a lot of people get confused on where, what to buy and where to put it. This is what you can do with these free room analysis. And then you can decide whether you want to purchase from Oralex Prime Acoustic or Acoustic Mac, okay? The other way is you could do it yourself. There's lots of videos on YouTube if you're on a budget showing you how to make your acoustic treatment, both bass traps and otherwise, okay? You can get as very DIY as you want and really, uh, and just rig it up and that's totally fine. Or you can get as fancy as you want and get as more professional looking and, um, and built as you want, depending on your budget. But if you get the free room analysis, whether you make it yourself or whether you purchase it, that's gonna be valuable information to you. Okay, so acoustic treatment is huge. Now, how much is that going to cost you if you just want a ballpark? Well, if you have a small room, let's say about a 10 by 10, which is about the size of a small bedroom. And if you had no acoustic treatment in there, and let's say you had some carpeting on the floor or a hardwood floor with an area rug, and maybe you had, you know, a couple of pieces of furniture and stuff in there, um, just to do some bass traps, some foam and stuff on the walls and in the corners and such, you're probably looking anywhere from you know, 300 to about 700 $800 to get a room fitted of that nature. Again, again, and that's a ballpark figure. So just to give you an idea of what acoustic, good acoustic treatment is going to cost you in a room that size, anywhere from 300 to about $800, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more, probably not less than 300 probably a little bit more, but that'll give you a full uh, kit in order to do that, okay? And that's what you absolutely want to do. Now, what is that going to do for you? What that's going to do for you it is going to tame the frequencies in the room from the sound coming out of the speakers. It's not bouncing off all the walls, frequencies hitting each other and canceling each other out, which is one of the reasons why you think you have not enough low end in your mix is because the low end frequencies are canceling each other out. Now, again, you can do a bunch of research and there's all kinds of scientific stuff, and I don't want to go into that here. I want to keep this really basic. But basically, in an open space with no acoustic treatment, sound is bouncing off the walls before it hits your ears. Certain frequencies are canceling out and or phasing, getting phase issues. And therefore, what you think you're hearing out of those speakers, you're not really hearing. And you're making adjustments based on a false picture, if you will, of what's coming out of your speakers. Acoustic treatment is going to help that. It's going to absorb those frequencies, again, especially the low end, to give you a more accurate representation of what is really going on in the mix. 
Because if you don't know really what's going on in the mix, the mix will never translate. <laughs> okay. Regardless of how good your speakers are, you can have a $10,000 pair of studio monitors. And if you can't hear accurately what's coming out of those speakers, you will never make good mixing decisions and therefore your mix will never translate and therefore you think your mixes will sound like garbage and it's because you don't know what you're listening to. Huge problem in home studios, okay? So that's what you need to do. You need to get yourself some acoustic treatment. That's the first thing I ask when someone emails me about the mix not translating. And I get those emails all the time, which is why we don't have a specific mailbag question, because I have 15 questions in the last two months about, about that topic, which is why now we have a podcast episode around it to try to help all of you. Now, you may say, well, okay, that's great, Dave, but you know what? I'm on kind of a budget, and I'm not handy enough to really make my acoustic treatment, and I can't really buy it right now. Is there any other suggestions? Yes. If you don't want to deal with acoustic treatment, because either you can't pay for it, can't make it, or if you live in a space where you can't hang it on the walls and all that kind of stuff, and it's just more of a pain than what it's worth, then I would tell you to absolutely, you can mix using a good set of studio mixing headphones as opposed to using speakers. What does that do for you? Well, what that does for you is it takes the room out of the equation. Okay, it takes the room out of the equation. You don't need acoustic treatment. You don't need to worry about it. You can mix anywhere if you have a good set of headphones. Now you say, well, what does that mean, good set of headphones? Well, they make specific headphones just for mixing. Again, if you click in the show notes and go to sweetwater.com, link's there for you, and search studio mixing headphones, there's two or three companies that come up. And you can get a really good set of mixing headphones anywhere between three and $500, $600, okay? Um, I would much rather see you do that, spend the three to $500 there, than spend three to $500 on a really inexpensive pair of studio monitors and not have any acoustic treatment. Okay, you will get far better results buying really good headphones as opposed to cheap monitors and no acoustic treatment. Okay, companies you can look for. I know Focal makes a really good set of uh, mixing headphones. Sennheiser, which is what I use, makes a real good set of mixing headphones. And there's others. But go on Sweetwater.com. Check the link in the show notes. Read some reviews and you will find a really good, a good mixing headphones. Again, for a few hundred bucks and you will turn out much better mixes and you don't have to worry about acoustic treatment and all that stuff. Okay, that's another option. The other option that you can also use, along with the acoustic treatment in your studio monitors, is you can use what they call room correction software. Sonarworks is probably makes the best one. I think it's called Sonar, S-O-N-A-R, Works, Reference 4. Again, they sell it on Sweetwater.com. You can, that's a piece of software that comes with um, 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 a room, a microphone that you use with some instructions on how you can measure and take a frequency analysis of your mixing space. And they have a plugin that sits on your master bus that after it analyzes your space, it puts really kind of an EQ curve on your master bus to kind of flatten and make up for any room problems. And again, go to Sonarworks and read up all about it. It's really easy to use. And again, it's not very expensive. I think the software is probably like 150 bucks or so. But I know a lot of students that do that as well. They not only have monitors and acoustic treatment, they also use the Sonarworks plugin because that's going to help you fix anything that maybe the acoustic treatment cannot. Because the acoustic treatment in and of itself, if the you know, depending on the space, could, will work, absolutely work, but it may not get you 100% of the way there. It may get you 75% of the way there, and something like room correction software would work too. And again, there's other companies that make such a thing. I like the Sonarworks because I've just used it before, and I know it's accurate, it's affordable, and it's easy to use. Again, check sweetwater.com. Links are in the show notes, okay? And if you do that and you have good acoustic treatment, 
along with maybe some room correction software, and you've set up your mixing environment properly, meaning the speaker distance from each other to the left and right ear and where you're sitting, if all of that is dialed in, then you're going to make much better EQ decisions and compression decisions, but mostly EQ, better overall panning and level decisions in your mix, and therefore your mix is going to sound much more accurate out of your studio as it does in your studio. Okay, those will solve most of your problems, and I would highly encourage that you do that. So I hope you found this episode helpful. Again, I get that question all the time, so we don't have a specific mailbag episode this time, but I wanted to address that issue. I hope it helps. Now, thank you for listening to this entire podcast. And as I said at the beginning, I want to give you a free gift. So if this is the first time you're listening to the Home Recording Made Easy podcast, welcome to the family. If you're listening to this on iTunes or on Spotify or on Pandora or iHeartRadio, or even if you're listening to this on homerecordingmadeeasy.com, Go ahead and leave a five-star review for me. Give me the thumbs up if you really enjoy this podcast and you find it helpful to you. It helps me. And in turn, I want to do something for you. I want you to go to homerecordingmadeeasy.com and right on the homepage, big orange button, I want to give you five free mixing training courses. Absolutely for free, worth a couple of hundred bucks. It's my gift to you just for visiting homerecordingmadeeasy.com. And also, while you're at homerecordingmadeeasy.com, check out all the different training courses that I have. There's over a hundred of them on every aspect of recording, mixing, mastering. Go ahead and do that EQ compression, parallel compression. We have all kinds of courses. And I want to give you 30% off any course on my website. All you have to do is use the coupon code podcast 30 that's podcast 30. Again, all the links will be below in the show notes. It takes 30% off any one of my training courses. Go check that out. And last but certainly not least, if you enjoy mixing, we're talking about mixing this episode, and you want to learn the craft of mixing in a very non-technical way, this is perfect for beginners and intermediate mixers. Go over to home recording me, excuse me, go over to mixingmadeeasy.net. Again, links will be in the show notes below. Mixingmadeeasy.net is a great way for you to learn the craft of mixing, join a community of like-minded home recording musicians and aspiring audio engineers that want to learn the craft of mixing in a very non-technical way. MixingMadeEasy.net is for you. All the information is there. All the information is in the show notes. And until next week's episode, I've been Dave with HomeRecordingMadeEasy.com, MixingMadeEasy.net. Thank you so much for joining me, and I will see you next week. Take care. Take care.